the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Today on Know the Truth from Philip DeCourcy. As we enjoy moments of great blessing, make sure in the midst of that we're tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. Because money in and of itself has no power to bring enjoyment. Money's not a silver bullet when it comes to delivering life in all its color. That's God's to give. You and I need to be mindful of that. hard day after day, week after week, it helps to know that at some point we can kick back, relax, and enjoy the fruits of our labor. Too often we get so busy making money, we don't get to enjoy the benefits. Today on Know the Truth, Philip DeCourcy presents a biblical view on material wealth. It's true that money itself will never fully satisfy, but we can genuinely enjoy the good gifts God sends our way. With an encouraging study in Ecclesiastes, here's Philip DeCourcy. According to Solomon, when it comes to this world's goods, satisfaction is sold separately. That life is precarious and money, money is perilous and passing and fleeting in its nature. And Solomon tells us the story in verse 13 of a man who kept his riches to his own hurt. And then his riches, verse 14, perish through misfortune. And when he begets his son, there's nothing in his hand for his son. And he came from his mother's womb naked, and to the grave he goes naked. We've got to live for something that provides an advantage that transcends death. And my friend, that's the very son of God himself who said, I am the resurrection and the life. Though a man die, yet shall he live. That's why Jesus said, don't lay up treasure on the earth. Lay up treasure in heaven. Live for eternal things. Put your eggs in the basket of the gospel. Live for kingdom priorities. And there's no security, no satisfaction, no serenity, no sufficiency in money. Solomon explodes all those myths. And then he explores some truths. Despite all that the preacher has said by way of warning about money, Solomon proceeds to balance out his comments by noting that material wealth is also something to be enjoyed. He tells us here in verse 18, it is good and fitting for one to eat and drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor. He's been pretty pessimistic, hasn't he, so far about material things? But as in other places in this book prior to this moment, Solomon is coming up for error. He's given us a respite from thinking about the brutality and the brevity and the banality of life. 
and how life is fleeting and everything that's part of it can be frustrating and vacuous. But he says, look, here's a good thing to do. Here's a fitting thing to do. Enjoy what God has given you as a gift from God. And so as he turns the tables a little here and he heads off in a different direction in terms of his thinking, he advocates a number of things with regards to money that are much more positive. Solomon, first of all, in verses 18 through 20 of chapter 5, encourages a greater appreciation. Here is what I've seen. It is good and fitting for one to eat and drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor in which he toils under the sun all the days of his life which God gives, for it is his heritage. Look at verse 20. For he will not dwell unduly on the days of his life. That's the man who God keeps busy with the joys of his heart. That's the man who finds a reason to be joyful. So what we've got in this section really is the heart of this passage. While money disappoints, and must never take the place of God, must never become an idol in our lives. Yet money and material things, the good things of this world, are often an expression of God's goodness to us, and as such, we should embrace them as an expression of His love and good providence. Take the good with the bad and enjoy the good amidst the stuff of life. I think I've told you this story before, but it's so applicable to this. The man who was dying He'd been brought home to die, and he was lying on the couch. The family was, was ticking down the hours to his expected demise, and his wife was busy in the kitchen cooking some chocolate chip cookies for the funeral that was soon to follow in their mind. And the old guy's lying on the couch, and the, the smell of those hot, warm chocolate chip cookies comes wafting down the hall and into the living room. And he does all that he can to get out of that makeshift bed. He crawls on his fours down to the kitchen. He reaches out to the table to take one of those cookies when his wife takes a spatula and slaps him right across the hand and says, don't you touch those cookies. They're for your funeral. (laughs) And you think it's a silly suit, but that's exactly Solomon's point. Okay, the guy may be dead in six hours or six days, but let him enjoy his cookie because that's God's good hand. Of course, death and funerals and pain, questions and perplexities are part of life. But that doesn't mean you postpone joy. That doesn't mean you don't embrace those oases of happiness that God allows each and every one of us to enjoy. So please, says Solomon, whether you're rich or poor, wherever you're at in life, as you see God's hand at work in your life, have a greater appreciation, which means that you will enjoy the good with the bad. And secondly, it means that you will move from enjoying the gift to enjoying the giver. And he says, look, if God gives you good things and good health to enjoy them, enjoy them. Okay, don't look over your shoulder. Don't let some Pharisee rob you of your liberty and enjoyment of life. But at the same time, you make sure that you acknowledge whose hand this comes from and whose heart it comes from. And he says, look, don't make an idol of these things because when you do that, you come to ruin and you really don't enjoy them because money in and of itself has no power to bring enjoyment Money's not a silver bullet or the things that it buys when it comes to delivering life in all its color. That's God's to give. 
You and I need to be mindful of that. As we enjoy moments of great blessing, moments of great joy, make sure in the midst of that, whether we're eating or drinking, that we're tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. Just as with toys and batteries, when it comes to material things, satisfaction is sold separately. I've never understood that, you know? You fork out $100 for some toy or some, you know, techno gizmo, and, it, you know, batteries sold separately. When it comes to the toys and the things of this world, the Bible says satisfaction is sold separately. You're going to enjoy them. You must enjoy the one who sent them. It's telling this story. And then when the girls were small, you know, like all girls, and they're still the kids with them, they, they love shopping. And their favorite shops were Old Navy and Air Apostle. And we'd go there for some, you know, new outfit for the summer or some, you know, new outfit for the starting of the school year, you know, and they, and they were all excited. And they were on around that store like crazy. And eventually they settled in some little, you know, shirt and pair of pants or whatever. And they were coming out after we had bought them. And, and they'd just walk about the store, you know, holding a little bag, big smile, happiness written all over their face. And, and they'd open it up every so often and look in and close it and lo- open it and look in and close it. They're so taken by the gifts. But you know what I loved? To their credit, in fact, this is the way it should be. At some point, we were either in the mall or when we got home, they'd come and they'd say, Dad, or say, Mom, thanks for the gifts. Some point, the girls in the room, you know, trying on their outfit, caught up in the joy of that, the excitement of, they go, hold on a minute. This is something that's part of something bigger. And they ran down and enjoyed the joy that we find in their joy and realized, hey, we'll do it again and again. It's my pleasure to provide. I love you girls. And I want to make sure you have what's, you know, yours to enjoy. It's life. But some of you are just looking in the bag right now of what God's given you. And it's good and it's, it's a blessing. But it's time to close the bag and go and give thanks to the giver. That's where the true joy is. And that's, that sets us up for God's continued faithfulness in our lives. Two points quickly. Solomon encourages a greater accommodation. We're going to skip down to verse 9 as he looks at some truths regarding money and material things. Not only do we need to have a greater appreciation, verse 9, there needs to be a greater accommodation. Look at verse 9. Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of desire. This also is vanity and grasping for the wind. Solomon not only advocates that we need to appreciate God's provision, but we need to accept that provision with a contented spirit. Solomon's wrapping up a section here where he has described and depicted the unenjoyed wealth that comes when our pursuit of worldly things is divorced from God. And what he does is he recommends to those that are listening to be content with what you have. He's stealing the thunder of the Hebrew writer to some degree who will later say in Hebrews 13, 5, you know what, be content with such things as you have for he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And they need to hear this because there is this wandering of the desire according to verse 9. This roving appetite because in verses 7 and 8 and 9, Solomon's talking about 
man's lack of satisfaction. He's always looking for something more. His desires are like the prodigal son. They don't stay close to home. They're always out there looking for something bigger, something better. And Solomon says, look, the wise man may know more than the fool, and the poor man may know his way about life, but both are bedeviled by drinking the salt water of discontentment. And so he says, hey, better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of desire. It's very close to our own little proverb, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. All right? Why go looking for two birds you may not capture and lose the one you already possess? That's the thought here. It's better to enjoy what you have rather than to desire what you don't have. That's the point here. It's a very practical point. We need to show greater appreciation when it comes to our material things. And we need to show greater accommodation. Maybe you have less than we want. In fact, that will always seem to be the case to us. That's the danger. Martin Luther, dealing with this passage, refers to one of Aesop's fables about a dog that kept snatching at the meat in the mirror while losing the meat in his own mouth. It was the meat in his own mouth he saw in the mirror, but the reflection made it look bigger and better. And so he lost what he had going after what he couldn't attain. And Solomon says, boy, we all make that kind of mistake better, he says, sight of the eyes and the wandering of the desire. Here's the last thought. Solomon not only encourages greater appreciation and accommodation, he encourages a greater abdication. Verses 10 through 12. Let me read them. Whatever one is, he has been named already, for it is known that he is a man, and he cannot contend with him who is mightier than he. Since there are many things that increase vanity, how is man the better? For who knows what is good for a man in this life? All the days of his vain life, which he passes like a shadow. Who can tell a man what will happen after him under the sun? Let me try and get you into the stream of Solomon's thinking. Given man's natural bent to discontentment, okay? His desires are like a tramp. They never stay home. They're always looking for something bigger, something better. Since man's bent is towards discontentment that will lead to the danger of questioning god's goodness we want more and if god doesn't give us more then we question god don't we and we get into an argument about how god runs his business apart from grace man has a tendency to think too highly of himself it is grace and the cross and the example of jesus christ that humbles us and we need to pray and sing in the words of the old hymn jesus keep me near the cross because once we get out from under its shadow we have an awful tendency to think more highly of ourselves than we ought romans 12 verse 3 and solomon is a keen observer of life and people and he anticipates this he anticipates this very thing this very temptation and he says to israel don't get too big for your boots if God should increase your wealth, if God should bless you with material things, then enjoy those things as from the hand of God. If they're not what you want, then you need to be content with such things as you have. But whatever you do, your arms are too short to box with God. Remember your creaturely limitations. 
Arguing with God is futile and it behoves his creatures to accept submissively what he sends. And so in this passage, he kind of refers back to it seems in verse 10. Adam naming the animals, which is Adam showing authority over the animal kingdom. God had given him that authority. But standing behind Adam was God who had named Adam. Showing God's authority over Adam and every living creature. Adam was from the dust. That's what man is. He's a creature of the dust. He's a prisoner to time. And because of his sin, he's a rebel within God's kingdom. So who is he to take issue with God's allotment in life? Who is he to take issue with God's assignment in providence? Man is puny, and he needs to remember that. And he's ignorant. Solomon will go on to talk about, hey, he doesn't know what's good for him. These are difficult verses in the Hebrew. I think the New Living Translation catches them and we'll wrap this up. Listen to the words of Ecclesiastes 6, verse 10. Everything has already been decided. It was known long ago what each person would be. So there's no use arguing with God about your destiny. The more words you speak, the less they mean, so why overdo it? In the few days of our empty lives, who knows how our days can best be spent and who can tell what will happen in the future after we're gone. Here's the closing thought. This is a great lesson for life, isn't it? Remember what side your bread is buttered on. God is the giver of all good things. Remember who butters your bread, who makes the butter, who gives the butter, so to speak. Remember your utter dependence upon God and act accordingly. Grumbling is out. Gratitude, submission, humility is in. We need greater appreciation, greater accommodation, and greater abdication when it comes to our wealth and to our lot in life. God is the landlord. You are the tenant And before you go rapping on his door with a complaint, remember you're living free of charge. And he has shown you kindness after kindness. So be careful about talking about the leak in your plumbing, the draft in your window. Here's a closing illustration that makes the point. Told by Edwin Rogers. He tells of his friend, John Maxwell, who's a well-known writer in leadership today, but was a pastor for a time. And John Maxwell met a congressman who told him this story about taking his son to McDonald's. And the kid wanted French fries, so he bought him some French fries. And they sat down, and the father thought, this is a great time, you know? Father, son, bit of fellowship, bit of friendship. And as he was sitting watching the kid enjoy his French fries, the, the smell of them just was too much. And he reached out to take a french fry. And the kid looked at his dad and said, hey, they're mine. We've all been there. It's shocking, isn't it? What? (laughs) Mine? No, I bought them. I provided them. That's exactly where this father was. And he says, in a moment, but God spoke to him. But how often he has treated God like his son has treated him. I'll let him speak in his own words. I thought three things about my son. Number one, he evidently forgot where the fries came from. 
I'm the one who bought them. Number two, he doesn't understand that I have the power to take them away from him, or if I want, I could go and buy 20 more large orders and bury him in French fries. Number three, my son didn't realize that if I wanted more fries for myself, I've got the money to go up and buy them and sit at another table and enjoy them without him. My son has an attitude. But then God spoke to me. That's exactly the attitude you have sometimes. You need to remember where your blessings come from. I'm the one who gave you these things. And you need to understand that I have the power to take them away from you or give you more. And you need to understand that I don't need what you have. I have my own. That puts us in our place. God is the source of all good things. Enjoy them. Be a good steward of them. Be content with what they are at this time in your life. And should God want to take them from you or have you give them to someone else, you submit. He's the landlord. You're the tenant. He's the father. You're the son. You're the daughter. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we believe your word is as up to date as this morning's headlines in the Los Angeles Times. Thank you, it speaks into our life. And Lord, we have been bruised by it and healed by it. Oh, Lord, we find great comfort in the knowledge that, Lord, you are sovereign and providential. And Lord, sometimes forgive us. We mistake greeds for needs. And we get into these silly arguments with you, which is belittling to you and prideful on our part. Lord, some of us are discontent with your provision and your providence. Help us to repent of that discontentment. Lord, some of us are in a world of daydreaming when we've got so much already to enjoy. They may be small things, but they're big in terms of the happinesses they can give. We enjoy family, we enjoy friends, we enjoy fellowship and the benefits of faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ and all that he is to us and all that we are in him. We'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. For these things we pray in his name. Amen. No matter how tight our budget might become, we can enjoy the rich benefits we receive through Christ. An encouraging reminder today from Philip DeCourcy, and this is Know the Truth. Today's study represents the final portion of a message titled, Your Money or Your Life, and it's part of our comprehensive series in Ecclesiastes titled, The Quest for the Best. In this timeless Old Testament book, we find a wealth of relevant topics for the 21st century. We've covered purpose, meaning, wisdom, loneliness, life and death, money, and making the most of our time. Listen to any message you may have missed when you visit us online at ktt.org or purchase the entire Quest for the Best series on CD when you call 888-644-8811. And thanks for remembering that Know the Truth is a listener-supported ministry. We hope you'll make a much-needed gift today, and when you make a donation of $20 or more, we'll say thanks by sending you a handy booklet titled The Resurrection in You by well-known authors Josh McDowell and his son Sean. 
In a clear and concise fashion, the McDowells lay out the answers to common questions about the resurrection, giving you rock-solid evidence to bolster your faith and share the truth with others. Ask for the book, The Resurrection in You, when you give $20 or more. Donate online at ktt.org or call 888-644-8811. And if you prefer to send a check, write to us at Know the Truth, Post Office Box 30250, Anaheim Hills, California, 92809. We're also offering another great resource that's available free to all of our new listeners. It's a CD message from Philip titled, Access Granted. Philip connects the old covenant to the new, sharing God's salvation plan for all mankind. Ask for the free CD message when you call 888-644-8811. All of us at Know the Truth hope you had a joyous Easter. I'm Wayne Shepherd. There's still more to come in our study in Ecclesiastes, Tuesday on Know the Truth. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Selfless service is the guiding principle that drives Army National Guard soldiers to be always ready whenever disaster strikes. They are your next-door neighbors and your colleagues in schools, offices, and factories. To be a Guard soldier is to stand ready to serve at all times for family, for community, and for country. To learn more, log on to NationalGuard.com or contact an Army National Guard recruiter in your area. Sponsored by the D.C. Army National Guard. Aired by the Maryland, D.C., Delaware Broadcasters Association at this station. Do you consider yourself gifted when it comes to helping companies utilize digital strategies to reach more clients and grow their business? WAVA in Salem Surround, D.C. is looking for a digital audience specialist to help our clients by using digital marketing strategies through search, programmatic display, live chat, SEO, SEM, and so much more. If you're ready to help our clients with marketing solutions to meet their goals and exceed their expectations, give us a call today, 703-807-2266, or email nickb at wava.com. The next three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.